You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the Auburn versus Georgia game round two, and sadly, the Tigers do not get the sweep over the Georgia Bulldogs this season. They fall in Auburn Arena at home by the score of 86-91, to 91, uh, dropping their overall record to 10-9 and 9 on the year, and their SEC record now stands at 4-6 and 6 on the year. I'm going to be honest with you listeners, this one's going to be a tough one to get through just from the sheer fact of how frustrating it was at times for many different reasons, but it's our duty and our goal to be here to entertain you and talk about what happened in each and every game. So just bear with us <laughs> through this not fun episode tonight to try to get through this tonight i brought in my friend my co-host mr gray oldenburg gray welcome back to the show and i'm sorry that you you have to be here for this one this is this is gonna be hard this is gonna be hard kyle can we let's let's just get this out of the way right here i I, i'm honestly gonna blame this one on us because you and i sat here in the preview of this game (laughs) do you recall what we said yeah oh definitely yeah yeah, we, we, we kind of, you know, made notions Ooh. to say that we we always try to say, you know, never take anybody for granted or, or take anybody lightly. But we sit we're sitting here talking about a sweep, not feeling too bad, especially after the way we performed against the number two team in Baylor. And then lo, and it was at home. And then lo and behold, we, uh you know, jinxed the team. So uh, listeners, you can blame us. And actually, you know, great. I blame you because I've been here. Well, okay. you know, <laughs> no, I take it back. I blame myself because I've been doing this show and following this program long enough to know not to say things like that. So you're off the hook. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Take anything at this point, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about stuff in within the program, not specifically rated about this game, because it's probably more interesting to talk about anyway. So we've been talking a lot about Justin Powell and uh, what his the story, the saga is since he's had his concussion injury. And we've heard a lot of rumors, discussions. I've even had someone on our YouTube live streams that's kind of dropped a couple of rumors that I'm probably not going to really address here because I don't really have the facts to prove it up. However, we do have something that Coach Pearl addressed in his uh, press conferences and said that for the first time in a while, he got to actually see the team and is actually having trouble studying. Is actually having trouble around light. Now, light, the whole light concussion thing makes sense. But the fact that you are having trouble concentrating, and I'm not saying that to obviously make fun of his, his situation, but that says a lot about how bad this injury actually is. Yeah. I can't imagine what he's going through right now. Have you ever had a concussion or something that bad? I have. I have. I've been through multiple concussions. I played football throughout little league and middle school and then basketball. I've actually I had more concussions in basketball than I had in football throughout my career. Um, you know, concussions are so you have to be so careful with that, right. especially nowadays with these. And uh, that's uh, Auburn is being very careful with that. And Coach Pearl and his staff and the trainers have been really good about 
making sure it's about long-term for Justin Powell and not about basketball. It's about long-term mental and brain health for him. And right. they're doing a great job with that. Absolutely. And I think it makes sense because, you know, this is not a year that we're, we're vying for anything. And, and even if that were not true, you know, Justin Powell, you know, has got more life outside of basketball yeah. uh, that he's got to look forward to, but he's obviously got a basketball future as well. And if yeah. he's going to be able to continue to build upon that already great foundation that he set here, uh, he needs to be make sure that he gets this right this year. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't think we're going to see Justin Powell the rest of the season, but are you starting to feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I I just don't see why you try and force him back into here with it, especially with this long of a break. I think if we were going to see Justin Powell at all the rest of this season, I think we would have already seen him. I absolutely think so as well. I, you know, when we didn't get to that halfway point and even get like a whiff of him, like being back in practice and just kind of, and I know there were some times where he tried to come back and obviously had some step backs and things, but obviously our hearts and, and our prayers go out to Justin uh, for dealing with this right now, because we sure could use you, buddy. But we Absolutely. obviously want you to be right <laughs> and uh, make sure that you take care of yourself. But it, just a little bit of information. We've been just kind of sitting here, just him hawing about what's going on with Justin Powell. And we got a little bit of actual factual information from Coach Pearl this past week. So there you go with that. Here's some happy things. That, when It's happy when you think about it. But then you start thinking about the reality of this. Maybe it's not so happy in, in certain aspects. Sharif Cooper is projected as number nine in the NBA draft. So tell me, how does that make you feel? Um, he's going to go. I think you really he's gonna think go. he's going to go. Think, I don't think he wants to go. I think he wants to come back. But just like what Coach Pearl, Isaac Okora wanted to come back as well. And Coach Pearl said, well, you're not going to have a jersey number. So <laughs> <laughs> you're projected top five. You're not going. You are not staying here. I um, <laughs> You know, you th you think it's a good thing, you know, recruiting, and you, that that means Auburn's put three straight guys in the first round in three straight years. But you also wonder, like this, he comes back, man, man, the hype's going to be big. The hype's going to be big if he comes back next year. So, what does he stand to risk if he doesn't come back? Because I, I let me just be honest here, and I, I, every day the kid proves that he's got the talent, skill, and that he keeps getting better. There hasn't been really a drop off yet. But what does he lose by coming back for one year unless he gets into the top five? If he's within the top five, go. And, I, and I'm going to sit here and cry about it. You know, I'm going to be happy for it, but I'm going to be crying over here in my backyard. Yeah. So as I've told listeners have heard me say this before, I've got little spots in my backyard where I go and cry my eyes out. And so my boss <laughs> makes me cry. My wife makes me cry. And then there were, I think it was Clint who made me cry when he talks about ugly uniform combinations. The fourth one is, a, is the spot I'm going to go cry in is when Sharif Cooper leaves. They're going to be happy tears. But that's still going to be the spot there for him. I, I mean, do you think honestly we can make a case to him and say, "Oh Look, yeah," what do you think? How, what? So oh, you're yeah, Coach definitely. Pearl. What's the case you make to him? If I'm Coach Pearl and I'm trying to convince Shreve Cooper to come back, correct? Mm -hmm. I, I am, I'm showing him the squad that he gets to work with next year, and saying this is a point guard's dream squad to play with. Right. With guys like you know maybe Thor coming back, and uh, you got shooters. You know, Powell getting healthy. and You got the best signee ever signed to this school coming in. So, I mean, you've got a good case. I mean, he's got a good case for both, I think. Here's the what the pitch I would make at this point, because we're kind of losing uh, ground in any other cases. And we need to do the research ourselves here for the show, maybe at some point. 
who is actually the bet? Who are the other point guards that are going to be going yeah. in the draft this year versus next year? Because if there is, for instance, and you know, there's always quality point guards there, uh, but if there's less quality point guards yeah. next year, then you can maybe look at the kid and say, okay, you come yeah. back, you do great things here. You're in the top five as the best point guard available. Yeah. Maybe the number one overall pick if the team's right and needs a point guard. Yeah. That's my pitch to him, honestly. And I think you can make it several different ways like you just did. But I'm 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 trying, man. Any way possible, yeah. especially Uh-oh. after I agree. <laughs> after a game like this, we gotta make a case for him. Uh, so that's what's going on around the program right now outside of this game. But let's get back into this game, unfortunately, and talk a little bit about it. Usually this is where I talk about game flow for those of you that weren't able to watch or listen. And really all I got to tell you is this is Georgia came ready to play even on the road and just put it to us. And there were times where Auburn fought back first and second half, second half, really um, Georgia really took a nice swing at Auburn and just built themselves a lead that was insurmountable. And that just seems to be the story is that Auburn finally hits that window that they just can't break through and is not able to get over that hump. And there are several reasons why we'll get into with that, but that's kind of basically what happened. Halftime score was 30 to 39 with a nine point lead for Georgia ultimately resulting in the 91 to 86 win for Georgia um, on the road here in Auburn arena. And the score obviously makes it a little, look a little bit closer than it actually was. Um, there were times Auburn made it a, a lot closer than it, than it was, but uh, I, I don't think that the score is indicative of how well Georgia played in this game on the road. So I was after dogging them it, literally in our preview <laughs> of this show, I think we uh, owe them a, an apology and yep. uh, say that. So what, how about this? Um, what did Georgia do so well in this game to make them successful? They drove right at the Auburn defense. They were not afraid of this Auburn defense who but leads the SEC in blocks. They were not afraid to go inside, even their little guards. They are they are fearless. They knocked down shots at the beginning of the game. They kind of jumped on us early with their three-point shooting, and then it was just straight-line drive, straight-line drive, straight-line drive, layup after layup after layup, and they, they, they were not backing down. Which is an interesting comparison because when you think a team that is, you know, the best in in the league right now and in the nation in terms of blocks to some degree, you would think that that wouldn't be so much of an issue for Auburn. But if you kind of go back and look at the trajectory of, you know, where they've been getting their blocks from, a lot of them are on fast breaks where they're not set up to do straight line drives and things like that. Uh, But they're also uh, on some of their bigs down low where they're able to actually play some pretty solid defense down there and not give up fouls and actually get blocks. But for some reason, and we saw this in the first game against UGA as well. Straight line drives are the problem for Auburn. And if I'm Coach Pearl, and forgive me, Coach Pearl, I know that you are far more qualified to make these decisions than me. First thing I'm doing is running a straight line drill, <laughs> a drive yeah. drill to in practice, because clearly the defense is what let Auburn down tonight. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. 
let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at E2Cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Straight line drives uh, uh, from Wheeler, uh, Kamara, Fagan. I mean, it just went across. Nobody really had a great game for like an outstanding game. From Their best score was Fagan with 16 points. Kamara had 15. Wheeler had 13. You know, I, I criticized Wheeler for his uncontrolled driving last time we saw them. But, man, he did dish it out underneath there and really set up some guys for success. Um, but, you know, what did, how about this? First half, what did Auburn do wrong to get themselves in a hole with Georgia? Um, yeah, we started turning the ball over early. Um, you know, we, we did we did do really well uh, not turning the ball over later in the second half. Um, but we gave we gave Georgia way too many opportunities. And then uh, when we were, you know, going on runs and cutting it close, we could never we never had the lead in this game. We can never break through. Yeah, and that really made it frustrating for the offense that was already kind of struggling a little bit at times. It picked up as the game went on, uh, but when you had already kind of built yourself so much of a deficit to work against, any kind of little momentum you would have would kind of be crushed back down by a little bit of momentum swing back in their way. Um, so that could be, you know, it's frustrating all the way. And as frustrated as we are as fans, you got to imagine how frustrated it is uh, yeah. for the players. And I saw that in their body language out there. I saw that a lot in Sharif Cooper. And I saw that frustration manifested in him you know, doing a lot of good things and, and fighting. You know, you saw him dive on the on the floor for several balls and fight for it and, and jump balls. And he showed a lot of aggression and good aggression, I think, tonight. But he also showed a little bit, maybe, in my opinion, uh, a little bit of over-reliance on himself. And I don't really want to say selfishness, but I thought that he almost tried to do a little too much tonight. And you're good, but you're, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I think that, I mean, do you feel that way that sometimes he kind of wants to kind of put it in his hands? Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I'm okay. Most of the time, I'll say I'm okay with it. I'm yeah. completely okay with it, especially with you know some of the ways some of our other guards are playing tonight. Um, uh, but you know he's got to be able to trust his teammates. He's got to be able to trust himself and uh, just go out there and be himself. Now I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here because we kind of talked together personally about uh, maybe you suggesting a starting five. Are you legitimately thinking yeah. that at this point a, a new starting five? I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Devin Cambridge back in the starting five. Yeah. So who would you switch out for him? Alan Flanagan. Really? So Alan Flanagan, yeah. who at one point was projected in the NBA draft, you would swap him out at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And why is that? I mean, obviously, you know, we want to. Um, we're, we're never trying to talk down about the players, but just no, interested to hear no. your thought process. I don't know. And Flanagan, Flanagan's not playing terrible, and neither is Jamal Johnson. Jamal's probably the only other guy that I would think to take out of that starting five. But I, I, Flanagan really struggled defensively tonight. Couldn't just keep, couldn't keep the guy in front of him, you know, straight line drive after straight line drive after straight line drive. And uh, Devin was, you know, the, it's, it's less about uh, how poorly Flanagan's playing and more about how well Devin is playing. Yeah. Uh, Devin's starting to show why he is Devin Cambridge. Why like that potential that we saw last year, we're starting to see it kind of come to fruition now. Yeah. And uh, he's playing really well, especially on the defensive end. Well, let me play the devil's advocate here. You know, we had him starting and then we shifted yeah. him into this sixth man role and he flourishes now. So do you think yeah. that that would cause that to switch back off again? And I mean, you know, it's worth a shot maybe at this point in a season where there's no uh, yeah. like consequences. What does it matter? 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I was, that's what I was fixing to say. I mean, what do we have to lose? We just lost to Georgia at home by five. <laughs> <laughs> just sum it up and just right there. You know, Georgia's not the worst team in the league, but they certainly are not the best team in the league. <laughs> <laughs> They're not better than Auburn. They're not better than us. We, there's no reason we should have lost this basketball game. I agree with you. This is probably the most frustrating game of the season, and, and I'm even throwing UCF <laughs> way back at the beginning of the season yeah, on that yeah. one. <laughs> Uh, that was a very frustrating game, but there were other circumstances there that weren't, you know, solidified yet. Justin Powell had just kind of gotten his feet and started taking over the point guard role. We didn't have Sharif Cooper. Uh, the, these are issues that reared their ugly head that should not be be happening at this point for Auburn, yeah. which was frustrating all the way around. And so when we look at some of these stats team wise tonight on this game, there are a lot they're comparable. But then we, you and I, like when we go down here, we try to find where the difference was. And I think there's a few cases where you can make that obviously rebounding. There's a clear difference there, 40 to 32 in favor of Georgia overall, especially on the offensive boards. Uh, the big one, though, points in the paint, 52 to 34 in Georgia's favor. It's straight line drives. Most of them are by those guards getting yep. into the lane, just straight line drive. And that's the weird thing about that stat, because when people hear points in the paint, they think big men. Big and guys, yes, yeah. but but in, and big guys were picking up some of those missed layups and stuff like that, or getting dishes yeah. from those. Straight, but it was all the guards tonight. Yeah. Yep. And back to your statement about maybe considering a, a switch out of Allen or Jamal at this point defensively, you may actually have a point on that because we're we're not knocking Allen and Jamal for their offense because even though it wasn't an outstanding game, because we've seen them do a lot better, both of them. It's really defense at this point, and that's the clear yeah. culprit of the game tonight is defense. Points in the paint is really what killed Auburn tonight. And, you know, even on a night where they had seven blocks. So it's just crazy how hot and cold Auburn's defense can be at this point. Yes, <laughs> no kidding. Well, let's, uh, you know, I, I hate to kind of move away from this one so quickly, but there's really not much other to No, I do. You should be completely <laughs> glad to do that. <laughs> okay, we're putting it away. We're just going to you know, just pretend this didn't happen. This is happen. behind us. It is behind us, but let me tell you what we're about to run into. An <sighs> Ole Miss team who historically has given Auburn fits, who just beat the best team arguably in the SEC in Tennessee, number 11 Tennessee. Now they beat them at their home court, uh, and uh, they only beat them 50 to 52. I've heard of low scoring games in my time, but I haven't seen a 50 to 52 game in quite some Talk time. Talk about a complete opposite of what we just watched. Exactly. And that's the, <sighs> and, and that's with Auburn struggling for a little bit of the game too. Yeah. They still score 86 points. So clearly Ole Miss's strategy is keep the game under control in terms of pacing what they want to keep the scoring low. And I think that's kind of what they did last time. Remember, this is a revenge game for Auburn at this point because – Whereas we were fighting for the sweep against Georgia. Now, now we are fighting to not be swept at this point. And if you want to feel lower than you did against G Georgia, get swept by Ole Miss. Oh my gosh. <laughs> at this point. Uh, so the game will be played this Saturday, obviously the sixth, uh, you can watch it on ESPN two at uh, 4 PM Eastern time, three central time. Ole Miss comes in at nine and eight now, four and six. So both have a four and six record, Auburn and Ole Miss into this game. And they obviously just have come off this huge win. And here I was writing their signature wins and losses. Uh, and they said they had none of them. And then they go and beat Tennessee uh, tonight. I think, honestly, uh, the guy that you have to pay attention to and shut down is Devontae Shuler, the senior guard. I mean, he's got leadership. He's got shooting ability. He's a, I, well, a ninth year senior now. <laughs> he's one of those type of guys, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know how long he's been here, but I'm tired of seeing him, you know? Oh, my goodness. 
at this point, just like, just graduate, dude. Look, you've done it. You've done it all. Uh, and he had a great game, I think, in the, against Tennessee as well at this point. Uh, but what does Auburn has to do to get the win out of Ole Miss? Oh, you got to play defense better than what we saw tonight. You know, got to stop the uh, straight line drives. And when you get stops, you have to get rebounds. You can't allow more than, say, 10 offensive rebounds to this Ole Miss team. Um, so, you know, again, shoot the ball. Shoot the ball well. The key to this one is practice this week on the ball defense. Defense, Slide those feet, rotate those hands. Let's see it do a lot better tonight. And this is a game where um, Sharif Cooper fouled out of all times. Now some of those were a little ticky-tacky, let's be honest. Uh, But he put himself in position to be called, and so there's something to be said for that. So for uh, we've already mentioned one of the players to watch in this game coming up, Devontae Shuler, senior guard, 14.9 points per game as their leading scorer. And their top rebounder is also a guard. He's six foot six, reminds me a lot of Deshaun Murray in terms of that type of build, but being the top rebounder. 6.5 rebounds per game, Luis Rodriguez. So hopefully we'll be talking about a bounce back after a two-game losing streak for the Tigers when we get back together here and uh I'm sorry. You know, I keep having to apologize to my co-host here because this is, you know, he got here and we've had a few losses to talk about, but they haven't been anything like this. This is your first rough one. And I, and I hope you want to come yeah. back after this. <laughs> Don't run away from me, please. <laughs> but that's all we have for you here on this episode today. Before we get out of here, though, let's share where they can find us. Uh, you can do so on Twitter for me at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? Yeah, Twitter at Gray Oldenburg. All right, and you can find us there. Hit us up with some questions and comments. We want to know about what you thought about this game as well. And until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?